0: first I want to say that God is good. God spoke to us about going out and, and, and preaching the gospel on the streets, in public, whether in the stores and anywhere. I went out to the park with my son and I met a young man and I started preaching to him about Jesus. He began to open up and, and it was Jesus, you know, and flowing through me and then the Holy Spirit because there's nothing <laughs> that I'm able to do without the Holy Spirit. This man opened up, and he begins to say, you know what? Sharon uh, thinks about his own personal life, and he said, you know what? You don't have to convince me. I'm sold, and he asked me where the church was at, and he started coming to church on Sunday here, and I just want to share that because every single one of you here have the ability to be a witness um, to a lost soul. Every single one of you has the ability to share the gospel, to A stranger in the street. So Jesus loves them. You're here because Jesus loved you to, to reach out to you to tell you, hey, come to church, you know, know Jesus through a relationship with him. And this morning, I want to encourage you to go out and preach the gospel to a stranger. Because it is not you that is alive when you're in Christ Jesus, but you have been crucifying Christ and you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. The life that you live in your body is in your faith in Christ Jesus who gave himself for you. So just have that in mind this, you know, these days forward that you are a witness of Christ Jesus. And let Jesus speak in and out of you to any stranger. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you for your anointing upon your church, upon your your disciples, Lord God. And for those that are in here, Lord God, that that might be, you know, uh, not experienced witnessing, Lord God, I pray that today, this morning, they'll ask, Lord, use me to be a witness. Father, we ask for your anointing. We ask for your power. We ask, Lord God, that Jesus will flow in and out of us and bless his service with your presence. Speak to your people, Lord God. May hearts be changed. This morning through your word, that is a double-edged sword, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, can we just lift our hands in the sanctuary? Come on, let's prepare our hearts right now to give Jesus the worship that he is due. Come on, right now, just close your eyes with us. Just say, Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy. Come on, say, Jesus, you are good all the time. You're so good, Jesus. Your mercies are new every morning we love you jesus yeah we want to sing our song because you're worthy jesus we love you we love you we love you we love you come on before the worship song goes come on just lift up your voice to him and say god i'm here to worship you you're worthy How I of mean, you guys are excited to be in God's house? Come on, if you're excited to be in God's house, I want you to look at your neighbor. I want you to look at them and say, come up to the altar with me. Come on. Come on, get your neighbor and say, come up to the altar with me. We're going to worship God. Come on. Grab your neighbor. Come on, say, come on, we're going to go together. Come on, we're going to worship Jesus together. Come on, tell them, don't be afraid. I'm going to come with you. Come on, tell your neighbor. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our worship to him. I'll tell your neighbors. say, Clap your hands, clap your hands before the Lord. Come on, He's good. I want to scream it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds, your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me, your kindness fills my. Sing that again. I want to scream it out. I want to scream
2: it out
1: from every mountain
2: high.
1: your goodness is no, no bounds, your goodness You are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good good to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are good, Lord. Come on, sing. I want to scream it out. Sing it out. I want to scream it Come on, sing it out. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows a man. Sing this. Nothing and no one. Nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. The earth and oceans only reflect this truth. And in my darkest night, you shine as bright as day.
0: Your love
2: amazes me.
1: Come on, sing that again. Nothing and no one. Sing it out nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. the earth and oceans deep only reflected earth. in my darkest, night. And in my darkest you shine, night you shine you shine so bright, so bright. your love amazing. amazing come on can you sing it out i sing and i sing because oh good, good jesus come are. on lift up your You are good. You are good. Come on, say nothing. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna Come on, decide that this morning that nothing's gonna hold you back. Sing it out. Nothing's, nothing's gonna, gonna hold Raise me our back. hands and say nothing. Nothing's gonna hold oh, you yeah. Nothing's gonna, gonna hold me back. back. My chair. I chased I love my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive, I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love, amazing love. How can it be? You gave, you, you gave everything for me. You gave everything. Come on, say nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna, gonna hold me back. me back. Come on, every hand raised and singing out, nothing. Nothing's gonna hold me I'm gonna give you my highest praise, Lord. Jesus, you're worthy. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Just one more time, with all you got, nothing's gonna hold Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's Free to love you, free to live, free to give. I'm free, free to, be. to be. I'm free to love you, Lord. I sing and I sing because You are good. And I, I dance because You are good. And I shout because You are good. You are good to me. And I sing because You are good. And You are good, and I shout because You are good. You are good to me. Sing because You are good, and I dance because You are good, and I shout because You are good. You are good to me. You are Jesus. You're so good. You've been so faithful. You're so good to me, God. Can you just think of three things that you're thankful to Jesus for right now? Come on, all over this room. Can you lift up some thanksgiving to him? God, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and have a right relationship with you, God. Thank you for our families, God. Thank you for the love, God, that you've given us, Lord. Come on, three things. We're so thankful, Lord. from you Jesus we're just desperate to hear from heaven this morning God we need you we need you we need you Jesus we need you we need you we can't go on without you we're dependent on you we can't breathe without you we can't face tomorrow without you we're in need of you God Spirit for you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Come on, is there a Are you so desperate for him this morning? More than the air that you breathe, are you desperate for him? Come on, reach out to him this morning. Tell him, I can't live without you. I cannot live without you, Jesus. I'm so dependent. this morning, come on come on, he's speaking there are expectant hearts in this place you came with a heavy heart this morning, you came waiting on God for something, you came trusting God for something this morning there's some weighty hearts in this place and he's saying that if you depend on me more than the air that you breathe, you're desperate for me he will fill, the Bible says that he will satisfy those that are hungry for him And if you came with a hungry heart, his promise to you is he's going to meet you here. Come on, right now we're going to start speaking in tongues. And that's, we're just welcoming the Holy Spirit. That's all we're doing right now in this place. And then we're going to ask God to speak to us. But right now, let's just set the atmosphere right now in this place. If you're filled with the Spirit right now, come on, start speaking in that heavenly language. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. It's all you this morning. It's all you this morning, Jesus. speak to your church this morning. God, we got ears for you this morning. Jesus, Jesus, yes, Lord, search our hearts, Jesus, come on, search our hearts, God, come on, if that's you, if that word was for you, come on, respond to him, come on, maybe you've been thinking you're okay, because you're not as bad as the next person, come on, he's looking at our hearts this morning, come on, is my heart 100% for you, Jesus, will I count the cost, will I give it all up for you, God, where is your heart this morning, for you come on if you gotta lay things down if you gotta repent right now come on repent right now say jesus i'm putting you first god i want to love you god before all others god i want to love you with all my heart my soul my mind and my strength jesus we just want you lord Search our hearts. that's your heart right now, come on, you need a new fire, you need your fire to burn brightly, you notice you've been taking a step back, you need that fire to be rekindled for him, come on, if that's you, I want you to come up to this altar, come on, get alone with Jesus, come on, we're not in a rush this morning, it's about him, come on, you don't want that fire of the Holy Ghost to continue to burn, you don't want to let up a step, come on, you don't want to walk away from him, come on, this morning, come up, Say, Holy Spirit, burn in me fresh and new, fresh and new, Jesus. Fresh and new, Jesus. Fresh and new, Jesus. Holy Ghost, burn. Holy Ghost, burn in me. Fresh and new. your heart burning this morning for Jesus come on just raise our hands and say Holy Spirit burn in my heart like a fire burn away all the junk oh God that I've let rise up burn away the distractions burn away the laziness burn away the sin that so easily entangles burn away oh God all that keeps me from you Jesus you're not impressed you're seeing my heart. Would you burn, God? Would you burn, God? Would you burn in me? Would you burn, God? Would you burn?
3: lift up your hands all across this room if you don't have them up yet. Oh, Jesus, burn, burn in us like a fire. Set us ablaze, oh God, with the gospel. Just burn yes, nothing oh God can separate us from your love no heartache no turmoil neither the past or the future yes. nor anything else in this whole creation not even death yes, can separate us from your love oh God yes. and I pray that we will not hold back yes. that we will burn like a flame yes. until yes. your will. Comes our passion. Let's sing this song. So let this love. Let our lives like a flame. This is our prayer, your Jesus.
1: Souls
3: your oh, purify let us, I oh God. Re-fave. May we not be found let wanting. Be like a fire. We don't want to be found wanting.
2: Glory. Let our lives be like
1: a flame Fill our souls with your desire Let our passion more time. bring you faith So let the love be like the fire Let our lives be like a flame Fill our souls with your desire
2: Let
3: our passion bring
2: you faith
3: Cause nothing's gonna hold me back Nothing's gonna hold me back. Come on, if that's you. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Jesus, we're not gonna be held back. Let's sing that. Nothing's gonna hold us back from being in love with you, not the pleasures of this world, not the counterfeit gifts of the enemy, nothing else in all of creation. Nothing will hold us back from living for you, from dying for you, from preaching the gospel, it's not going to hold us back, oh God. We want nations to come to you, and we will preach, and we will pray, and we will worship, and we will burn.
2: Woo! Jesus!
3: God's chains broken up your life. You got to lift up your voice. If you've been don't delivered. If then. you've been set free. If God has healed you. Then.
2: My chains. My chains fell off my heart was free. Woo. I'm alive to live for
1: you. Yes we are.
3: Jesus, You held nothing back when you died on that cross. We worship you this morning. We thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. We celebrate your resurrection every single day. We give you glory, honor, and power this morning. Be glorified in our lives, in the service in our city. Chicago belongs to you, God, and we lift up America. You are the God of this nation. We give you praise and adoration. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.
2: Woo!
3: Glory. Glory. You guys can make your way back to your seats. Woo. Jesus. Let's catch our breath. Jesus you are awesome in this place let's stay in that attitude of worship we would like of worship we would like to dismiss the King's kids at this time how many of you guys are feeling Jesus this morning that is the glory the presence of God when his people come together and all we do is hunger for Jesus we want his power we want his presence to be made real in this place and if you don't know him this morning, this message that I'm going to preach is for you. For those that don't know me, I'm one of the apostolic elders here. My name is Nancy Wyrostic, and I'm going to preach the gospel to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. The Bible says that the only way that we are saved when we die, after this life when we leave this earth we will spend eternity in either heaven or hell and the bible teaches that if we are not born again if we have not surrendered our life to jesus and given him complete control that we will spend eternity in hell fire and if you are not right with god today you once lived for him you backslid you've never heard about jesus before this message is for you. If you're compromising, the Bible says that today is a day for salvation. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. For those that are right with the Lord, we've accepted Jesus into our heart. We follow his commands. We've turned from our sinful ways, and we've rejected him, and we're following his path. The Bible says that the new creation has come. We have new life in Christ because of his sacrifice on the cross. And the blood that he shed on Calvary covers over our sin. And you are new. you old person The way you used to think, the way you used to act, your old attitude is gone. My challenge, my encouragement to those that are not right with God is to become a new creation in Christ Jesus today. With everybody's eyes closed all across this room, I want you to meditate on the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. He left heaven's glory to come and be with you. He suffered and died a gruesome death, and he rose again on the third day, and he lives forever and ever and ever, and he wants you to be with him forever and ever and ever. And if you know you are not right with God this morning, and you know in your heart that you want a relationship with Jesus, just tell him. Say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. I'm sick of doing it my own way. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room. Convict hearts of sin, God. It is your loving kindness that draws all men unto repentance. And I pray that today souls will get saved. For many of you, today will be your spiritual birthday. God, do what only you can do. Stretch forth your hand to seek and save the lost. It is only by the cross of Jesus, only by the blood of Jesus. Wash us clean, God. Make us white like snow. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Please stand up to your feet with me this morning. Give the Lord a hand clap. Woo! God is good all the time. If you are serious about living for Jesus and getting discipled, you want a leader in your life that's going to teach you how to live for God, we have prayer workers right here. This is Vanessa and Joselito. During the breakout hangout time, you can go to them for prayer. Ask them to, how, you know, how, you, how, how, how can I get saved? And then how do I get plugged into the church and get discipled? Amen? Praise the Lord. It's good to see all your beautiful faces this morning. What a powerful time in God's presence. At this time, we're going to recite our confession of faith We do this every single week because this is our Christian worldview. This is how we as believers see the world around us and we confess it because we believe it and this is what we stand by, amen? On the count of three, let's do it. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Praise him. Hallelujah. Spend some time hanging out, greeting somebody. Give somebody a hug that you don't know. Amen, amen, some fun fellowship time, getting to know new people, and you guys can make your way back to your seats. It is so good to see everybody here this morning. Beautiful. Look to your neighbor, say, nice to meet you. Look to your other neighbor, say, it's good to see you again. Amen, amen. We are honored that you have come to visit Metro Praise International this morning. We love to see you guys week after week. Welcome to Metro Praise. Our services here are every Sunday at 10 o'clock and every Friday at 7 p.m. Elevate, any teenagers that you know from 11 to 18, bring them by on Fridays. If this is your first time here, if you can fill out one of these uh, cards, these brochures, if you did not receive one yet at the door, we would like to give one to you. So if this is your first time here, just wave your hand in the air. Come on, welcome, welcome. I would like to give some special attention to our one of our SUM professors. If all of you guys know we have an SUM Bible college here, and Professor Brian Darrell and his lovely wife are here this morning, you guys, amen. We thank you so much. The impact that SUM professors make on our students is priceless, and it will make impact uh, on eternity. So. He's one of our SEO professors, came to join us this morning. And it's, we want to welcome the Pacheco family. Congratulations to Brandon and Nancy and their new baby. And the Walkers had their new baby. So uh, Sue Ellen had her baby, baby Isaac Christian. So Metro Praise is blessed with just fertile wombs. We're just making babies everywhere you look. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's not stopping. It's just started too. All right, next week, let's get excited. Our all-nations dinner, October 5th. Next week, Sunday, after service, we want you guys to come representing. Look to your neighbor and say, come and represent, okay? Represent your nation with some yummy, yummy in my tummy food, okay? Yummy, yummy in my tummy food. And so we're going to make you look all nice and beautiful. We're going to put your flag, your dish, the flag of your country You know, on a little piece of paper. So just come and just get ready to eat and come ready to share your good stuff. Amen. So we're really, really looking forward to this. Our vision here at MPI is very simple it's loving God and loving people, the two greatest commandments Jesus said we can live by. And our discipleship strategy is threefold it's connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to Jesus and to our church through our life groups. Somebody say, life groups. On the back of your handouts is our schedule. If you want to look at that, find a place where you're going to belong. And we want to give you a snapshot of what's happening this week uh, here at MPI and in our life group schedule. So we have King's Kids every Wednesday is happening here, uh, 630 to 8. We have two adult Bible studies. Give it up for that. One at the Govea's house, one at the Walker's, child care included. Uh, it's 7 o'clock. One is on Giddings, another one is on Saganosh. And then we have evangelism every Saturday from 5 to 8. If you've not gone street witnessing, join them here. They meet every week here at 5. And then we have our worship life group, strictly for 201 deacons and elders. They meet. Uh, These are the dates right here. And we're just raising up more musicians. And then we have our single moms life group, Sunday, uh, 5 to 6.30. And you can see the dates there as well. Single men, come on, make some noise. That's a new one. Single men will one day connect with the single ladies and... I was gonna say something else, but I'm gonna stop there. If you guys want to know what I was gonna rhyme, well, I'll tell you later. So single uh, men and single ladies, 18 years and up, uh, single ladies are meeting this Tuesday. Yes, this Tuesday, no, next Tuesday, Woodfield Mall Marriage Life Group is happening, Righteously Redeemed Youth. We have two youth life groups, okay? Come on, make some noise for that. Two youth life groups, Righteously Redeemed Youth and the Resistance Youth. Find a place to belong and connect. Somebody say connect. And then we want to mentor you so that you can live like Jesus. Welcome to your new life. This is the book that we call the 101. Meet with our leaders through the week, through the month. They'll teach you how to live for Christ, overcome different areas of your life that hold you back. And then once you graduate the 101, you'll go into our 201, Disciples That Make Disciples, 12 Lessons on Christian Leadership. This is our leadership and training class. Every Sunday morning with Jared Walker, and we just teach you guys how to defend your faith, live holy, live humble, uh, just live for Jesus, and so that you can one day be ordained as an elder or deacon. And we want to mentor you through that, and then we want to send you out so you could teach others about Christ. And our goal here is to have hundred thousand disciples in Chicago, with fifty churches around the world, and with fifty churches in Chicago and five hundred around the world. If you believe we can do that, say Amen. Woo. How many of you guys excited to be in church this morning? I am pumped. If you guys can turn with me uh, to your in your phones and your safari to givingbook.org we're going to prepare for our tithe and offering lesson. Givingbook.org will take you straight there. And the book is called The Disciples' Giving Book, 52 Lessons on Biblical Generosity. And I just want to thank you, Metro Praise, for your generosity, your faithfulness to giving tithes, to giving offerings. The Lord knows, and we are going to win this city for him. Amen? We are on Section 3 of the book on stewardship. If you could turn, please, to your Bibles in Luke sixteen eight. That is the verse we're going to be reading from. And we are on Lesson 11 stewards are shrewd say shrewd here's a definition of stewardship stewardship is the wise management of everything god has entrusted us with and we've been learning about this for many weeks now luke 16:8 if you're there say i'm there the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light We have three main points that we're going to get from this verse. Number one, he acted shrewdly. The definition of shrewd means to be practically wise and prudent. Jesus used parables to teach his disciples lessons on being shrewd because he expected us to be the best at all we do in both ministry and business, in ministry and business. We need to reflect Christ in all that we do, on our jobs, in our homes, and he wants us to do it in excellence. Amen? Amen. Number two, people of this world are more shrewd. Jesus rightly pointed out that oftentimes we see people in the business world with more savvy and a better work ethic, God forbid, than people in the kingdom. So people in the world have better work ethics and savvy than us. However, Jesus did not say, don't strive to be wise and successful, but rather just pray and have faith. He didn't say that. No, Jesus used the example of the world's shrewdness and basically said, be wiser and more successful than the non-Christians. Amen? On your job, you could ask for favor. On your job, you ask God for wisdom, to do things in excellence, to be there early, to stay late, to be the one that doesn't complain. Amen? Number three, people of the light. Jesus taught that people of the light, his disciples, should be the best at what they do. Why? because they have the power of the Holy Spirit to receive wisdom and work hard. Therefore, who should be the wisest doctors? Christian doctors. Who should be the shrewdest business leaders? Christian leaders. Who should be the best employees? Christian employees. Light is always greater than darkness. We exemplify Christ in all that we do, in the family, in the ministry, and the business. Here's a summary. Be shrewd in all that you do, especially in the workplace. How do we apply this? Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes, which is 10% of your total income, and your offerings. Anything you give after your tithe. And if you guys haven't noticed, the application number one never changes. In order to apply these 52 lessons, one lesson a week on, on biblical generosity, the first application in our life is to be faithful in what? Tithes and offerings. Number two, Ask God to give you wisdom to be shrewd in your career. Talk to some of the men in this this church, some of the women. When you put God first in your career, he will shine through and you will be blessed. Number three, don't make excuses for failure. Make plans to succeed. Please stand up with me this morning and let's make this confession over our life, over our finances, over every single part of our uh, ministry and our families. On the count of three, one, two, three. God has called us to be managers that are committed to stewarding whatever gifts we have received from him. We are to be wise, fruitful, faithful, trustworthy, multiplying, and shrewd stewards, living debt-free and generous lives, providing an inheritance for our children and grandchildren. Amen. At this time, we're going to prepare to receive our tithes and offerings. Like I mentioned already, our tithe is 10% of our total income. And our offering is anything other about anything else above our tithe. And we're still giving to the, to the mission fund. We're preparing for our Philippines missions trip in the summer of 2015. So if you've made a pledge, we're going to continue with those pledges through the end of this year. So December, we want to meet our goal. So make sure when you're writing out on your envelope that you put the exact amount next to each section, whether it's tithe, building fund, or missions fund. Put the amount. Amen. Let's prepare to give. Acts twenty thirty five. the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness in our lives. And I pray that we would be shrewd shrewd stewards, God, in, our, in the workforce, in our ministry, in our family, God, that we would guard everything that you've entrusted to us, that we would ask you for wisdom. And I just pray for every single giver in this place. I thank you for the generosity in this church, God, and I pray as it comes forth that you would multiply it so that we could see Chicago one for you and all the nations in the world. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Please come forward as you give this morning.
4: Amen. If you're ready for hot topics, make some noise. Woo! Awesome, awesome. Welcome to see you guys at Metro Praise. Welcome, and it's good to see you. And guess what? Last week for Teen Challenge, we talked about drugs. We didn't just raise $500. Guess how much we raised? $707. Give it up, PI. Thank you. So last week, when we talked about drugs and alcohol, we also gave to a drug and alcohol program. Today we're talking about TVs and movies, and we're going to spend money and go out and see a movie. No, I'm kidding, but y'all are going to do that anyways, right? How many see movies? How many ever seen a movie in their life? Uh, a movie. How many ever watched TV? Okay. How, this one gets a little bit more rare. How many have ever got a tattoo before? Okay, a few of you. How many of you got your ears pierced, nose pierced, something pierced? Okay, open up your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. Good to have you. These are our notes. They're online. Also, our Facebook post on our page, uh, Facebook, Metro Praise Church International, I have a post there that you can ask questions through this message. We're in a series called Hot Topics. What is the series called? Hot Hot Topics. We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 23. First Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 23. We're going to talk about tattoos, piercings, TV, music, and movies. Isn't that pretty cool? Your pastor's gonna talk about that. Wow, when have you ever heard a sermon about tattoos and piercings and TV and movies and music? What would you guys rather hear about today? Levitical law? I mean, are you up this morning, Metro? Praise. Okay, we're talking about music, tattoos, piercings, everything that you do outside of work for your hobby is here. And by the way, the Internet is right in there, right? Because the Internet, you're watching things on YouTube, listening to music. Okay, you get it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. If you're there, say, I'm there. This part right here, Professor Dale of my scripture, I have to apologize for. This right here just irks me as a professor, myself, and a pastor. I had to chop this passage up because I wish I could read the entire thing. So what I'm going to read here is chapter 10, verse 23, 24, part of verse 29, and verse 31. Now, if anybody thinks, including one of our professors, that I'm cheating, take time today to read the whole passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Okay, uh, professor, thank you. It's a little intimidating when you have a man of God, a scholar in the house, but I'm going to preach just like I do anyways, amen, because Jesus is always here. Okay, uh, and also write down, just write it down, Romans 14. Romans 14, whole chapter Whole entire chapter, First Corinthians 10, whole entire chapter. And by the way, the time I just spent about talking about not reading the chapter, I probably could have read the whole chapter. I just caught that. Here is the passage, because as we talk about hot topics, this one is probably going to be the most relevant to your everyday life. Everybody watches TV, everybody goes to the movies, everybody has an opinion on what music is the best, and uh, we all know somebody that has a tattoo or a piercing. So this is really a hot topic about the American culture today, okay? And when I was picking out this passage, I tried to get the best nuggets so when you read it, it will make sense, and then we'll base our sermon off of this. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. I'm trying. I'm trying. Here we go. Starting in verse 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is speaking. Now he'll quote what these people say. He says, I have the, they say, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So just pause here because this is really the heart of it. Verse 23. People can say this as Christians. I can do anything. I'm free in Christ. And Paul is saying, yeah, that may be true, but not everything is beneficial. Okay, now let me just pause right here because I explained this last week, but i got to explain a little bit depth here, in depth. It's not saying you have the right to do anything in the whole entire world. What it's saying is, is anything in God's law that he has called good, and there are issues in uh, situations in there that may be good for you, but not, oh, uh, maybe lawful, but not beneficial. So let me give you an example. The Bible says it is okay to drink in moderation, but it may not be beneficial for you to drink. Are you guys tracking with me? Uh, The Bible says that it's good to find a wife, but some of y'all men ain't ready to find a wife. You can't be trusted with the wife because you can't, be trusted by yourself with righty okay and so it's not you're not ready for a wife yet are you guys tracking with me okay so not everything that the bible says is good is beneficial for you right now It may not be the time right now because there are promises that are predicated and based upon your maturity. Just like I can say to my daughter, you have this car. This car belongs to you. But until she's 16, got her driver's license, I'm not going to let her drive it. It's lawful uh, that she can have the car when she's 16, but it won't be beneficial until that law is applied. Even if men didn't have that law, I still wouldn't be benefiting her by giving her that car. Even though I can give her, uh, letting her drive it, even though I can let her inherit it. I can give her the car, but I can't let her drive it. Is everybody with me? Let's just read the Bible again before I confuse myself. Oh, and one other caveat here. Because somebody may say, I have the right to do anything snort cocaine, go to strip bars, make it rain, dollar bills in Vegas. No, no, no. <laughs> hold on, crazy joke. You know, hold on crazy person. No, you can't do anything you want, go murder people. No, what it's saying is you have the right to do anything in this passage according to what God has already called good. Is everybody with me there? Okay. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial, Paul says. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. That's what Paul was saying. Now, verse 24, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Now, verse 29, for why is my freedom being judged by another conscience? So there are freedoms that I can do that maybe you can't do, and we shouldn't judge each other's conscience. So going back to that alcohol thing, we already spent a whole message on there. It may be cool with my conscience to have a margarita while I'm hanging out with my wife, okay? I'm not getting drunk. I'm not beating up anybody, okay? But if you're like, every time I drink tequila, I want to get in a fight, well, then don't you drink tequila then. You leave that stuff alone. And then if another person's like, every time I drink, I get drunk and I act like they do on Jersey Shore or Housewives of wherever, okay, don't you touch the Moscato don't you touch nothing you get water and Sprite okay but here's the deal we we cannot judge each other on that here's another thing it may be cool for you to listen to certain kind of music okay as we talk about secular and Christian music it it may be cool for you to listen to Coldplay you might want to listen to Taylor Swift and somebody else may go Taylor Swift is Satan I can't listen to Taylor Swift you know you know, they may judge you according to that, but we're not supposed to judge each other by our freedoms. We're supposed to judge by the Word of God. And there is no place in the Word of God that says, Thou shalt not listen to Taylor Swift. There is no place that says, Thou shalt not drink. It says, Thou shalt not what? Get drunk. But it doesn't really say, Thou shalt not. It just says, Don't get drunk on wine, right? but be filled with the Spirit. Let's keep going. Verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or get tattoos or get your ears pierced, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, right here, I've made some religious people mad at me already, and I'm trying to say, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to make up things for us to live like the devil and say it's okay. But at the same time, I want to challenge. Everybody say challenge. I got to find this chair right here. Can I just do this? This is not my chair. I hate that chair. Can I get a stool back there? I am like the weirdest pastor there is. I know. You could just see when I went there, it was like, oh no. It is like a a slanted chair like this. And by the way, we got some stuff blown. Brother, let's give it up for Pastor Berto. Pastor Berto, would you help us with some of these papers as well? If you guys did not see the article I wrote about him and his family, you guys got to check it out. It's online. You guys will love it. Okay. I got to chill i got to relax right now. Okay. There's two different types of people that this message will rub the wrong way. The first type of person is the religious person. That is the person that wants to make laws that are not in the Bible, laws for everybody. And before you know it, if we follow the religious person, women will not be wearing makeup, They won't be able to cut their hair. They'll be wearing jean skirts with a doily on their head. And we'll all be reading King James Bibles living in the country with a bunker in our backyard. We're not trying to be Amish. Are you with me? Okay. Everybody say legalism. The next kind that people I'll rub against is liberalism. Everybody say liberalism which is just we're free, be Miley Cyrus, be naked if you want, run and be whoever you want to be, you know, just do it if it feels good. God loves you, he loves you, he loves, he loves sexual immorality, he loves this, he loves that. And, and there's just this idea that since God loves us, God, much, God must love everything we love right? That's like the lie of liberalism. So it's like, uh, well, I love pornography. Well, where did I get that from? I didn't create myself. God must have created me with the love of loving other women, baby. I can't help it. God made me this way. I love all God's creation. Come on, men. You know, some of you have tried that before. Don't blame me, baby. God made them so beautiful. I can't but help but appreciate their beauty. No, we don't go there. What what is, watch this, what is the middle ground, the the proper belief between legalism and liberalism? Love for the law of God. The law of God is beautiful. When God teaches us to do things and not do things, that's wonderful. When God tells us not to lie, that's beautiful. You should be happy not to lie. How many are happy not to lie? When the Bible says don't murder, how many are happy we're keeping that command today pretty good, right? The Bible says don't covet after what your neighbor has. How many are happy about that command? And these other wonderful commands that the Lord gives to not be bitter, uh, to not let unwholesome words come out of our mouths, uh, to be forgiving towards our enemies, charitable towards those that we can help And How does the Bible summarize the law of God? Jesus said, These two commandments summarize the whole law of God. That you would what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so when we get into this, I got to talk about tattoos. So where am I going to go to explain tattoos? Leviticus. The Old Testament law of God. But why or why not will I apply, how rather will I apply Leviticus Old Testament law to this sermon will be based on the sermon we preached in this Hot Topic series, Jewish law. Do you guys remember that? Does anybody have more than a two- or three-week memory? You guys remember what we did like a month ago? That was so long ago, Pastor. Oh, my gosh, that was like August. What did we do back then? Well, there was a sermon back then on Jewish law, and we're going to talk about that. But I wrote this introduction, and I think you guys will feel the introduction, and maybe we'll get back to that scripture. Go all the way up to the top there, please. I just want to read it word for word because I feel like it says it best. The 21st century disciple is faced with more cultural issues than at any time before. This rapid expansion of erosion is due primarily to the World Wide Web and 24-7 global media. Therefore, we in the church find ourselves having to give both insiders and outsiders an answer to why we do what we do and offer guidance to disciples on how to set up a social media standard in a world that in many ways has gone crazy. Today, tempting trends and social seductive secularism is being heaped on the Christian mind by the power of darkness, trying to make something stick. As a result, ministers need to give a new and relevant definition of what it means to be in the world but not of the world. Although it may be in some ways the worst of times, it can also be said to be the best of times powerless man-made traditions are readily exposed fruitless arguments can be accurately settled and clear conscious Christians everybody say that clear conscious Christians can enjoy the fruit of the land so get ready to learn how to live holy in the modern age are you guys ready let's look at tattoos how many know what a tattoo is okay it's basically a drawing on your body it comes with ink and needles Sometimes they say it hurts. I've never had one. Do I want some? Yes. Um but I want one with my wife. This is one of the cool ideas that I have. She's never going to get one so I don't think I'll ever have one. But I kind of want like an ankle thing. And in Hebrew, yeah, this is where it's yeah, you just got to follow me here. <laughs> this is not in my middle of my back, okay? Okay, so <laughs> I want it to be an ankle thing so, like, when I want to show it off, I can, but then the rest of the people don't know about it, you know, so little ankle thing. And I want it in Hebrew, because the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, I want it to say, I am my beloved's. And then I want hers to say, and my beloved's is mine. And I may have it backwards. Who, who is who in there, the guy or the girl? Who's the guy? Beloved is the guy or the girl. I am my beloved's. So she would get I am my beloved on her, correct? She w- okay, you would get I am my beloved. It's a whole lot of writing. And then I would get and my beloved is mine, correct? Is that the right way? Thank you. That's what I would like to do, you know, something like that. So here's, here's, where, uh, here's where the fight comes in. You guys ready for it? Ding, ding, ding. Here's where it comes. People are going to now, uh, legalistic people, are going to go hardcore into the Old Testament and try to make it stick into the New Testament. What I think is going to happen there is they're going to become inconsistent because as you're going to read, the same place it talks about tattoos, it talks about not cutting the side, your sideburns, so they're not following at all. Liberal people will say, well, tattoos are good now, so homosexuality must be good now too. And they'll divorce the Old Testament from the New Testament. There are two testaments in your Bible. One is old, one is new. The new is based upon the old, not doing away with it, but fulfilling it. The legalist wants to act as if there is no new covenant. The liberalist wants to act as if there's, um, the, I think I said, the legalist wants to act, rather, as if there is no new covenant. The liberalist wants to act as if there was never an old covenant. Okay. Psalms 119 is all about the love for the law of God. David not only sung songs about Jesus. I mean, if you have a chance, look at it. You know how we like sing songs like, I love you, Jesus. You're so awesome, Jesus. You know what David wrote a whole song about, Psalm 119? I love the law. The law is awesome. The law is, it means more to me than money. Like he actually wrote songs about the law. Are you guys with me? That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's pretty cool. That's better than writing a song about boot scoot boogie or uh, wrecking ball. Better Right right about the law of God. Okay, now here we go. Let's look at this passage, Leviticus 19, 28. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put two ta- uh, tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So boom, it's settled. Ain't nobody getting a tattoo. He said it. Don't cut your body for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. End of discussion. All you tattoo people, you're in sin. You're going to Burn. No, I'm kidding. But but you're in trouble. God's mad at you. Okay, but let's let's just help the context here. Look at verse 27. See, that's Leviticus 19 what? 28. What's the verse before that? 27. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip the edges off your beard. Now, for those of you who grew up in a Pentecostal strict background, we are spirit-filled. We've got the boom shakalaka baby, okay? I'm going to get a quote by Thomas Jefferson in a minute to tie this kind of together, but just track with me, right? We are about God's presence. We're just not about man-made tradition. We're not about misinterpreting the Bible. So the person that wants to say, don't you get a tattoo on yourself, guess what? When you go to those traditional, and I used to grow up and live in the south from like 18 to 26, when I lived there, the real legalistic Pentecostals, guess what they did? Had real neat haircuts and and shaved and did not have beards. So the real legalistic, fire-breathing preacher is cutting his hair short to look like somebody from the 50s, like Wally, everybody with me, Wally, from Leave it to Beaver, and he has no beard. And then a person with long hair and a beard comes in, and then they they get upset with them. And then you show them the picture of Jesus they have in their church. And it's like you teach men not to have long hair and and not to have a beard, but your Jesus right over here has long hair and a beard. And the Old Testament told you not to cut your hair short, especially the sideburns, but to grow a beard. So the legalist position is now wrong because they cannot apply this in the many, many other verses. You want to see some more? Let me just help you. Go on down. This is verse 19. Keep my decrees. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seeds. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of materials. All you polyester folks up in this place, get ready to meet Jesus. Now think about that. So the person who just wants to say, I'm going to put a stop to tattooing, it's of the devil, it's Satan. And we're going to tell everybody it's wrong and they're going to hell. Open your Bibles to Leviticus. All they have, all the person who's reading the Bible in that church has to do is just read a few verses earlier and sees a massive contradiction. Pastor! You've got a polyester suit on. You, you have a donkey in your backyard. You made it a zebra and a donkey. It's what country people do for fun. They mate different animals. You got a donkey in the backyard. And you're wearing polyester, and you don't have a beard. And you don't cut the sides of your you you, you don't let the sides of your hair grow out. And this is what happens when we uh, encounter people of our culture, the Bill Mars, the Jack Blacks. When we talk about homosexuality tomorrow, uh, next week, it's going to be so fun, All Nations Dinner. So bring all your friends. I want everybody to see you. Let's pack it out. And guess which is the real happy message we're going to talk about? Homosexuality. It won't be awkward. It will just be totally normal. Like, you bring your first-time visitor, we're going to have food. But what's he going to talk about? He's going to talk about homosexuality. Okay, anyway, take it how you want. I think it will be really cool. Amen. But when we look at this, people can get confused. I'm going to be playing a video for that sermon next week where Jack Black comes out dressed as Jesus eating shrimp, telling the Christians to chill out about judging homosexuality because they don't follow all the rest of this stuff anyway. Because guess where it says don't lie with a man as you lie with a woman? Guess what book that's found in? Leviticus. Okay. Okay. So legalism, let's do it all. Liberalism, do none of it. No, 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 no. There's a law of God here. There's a respect and honor we have to have for God's word. And we have to understand what he is teaching us today. Now, there's three options you have when you look at this. You keep all of these commands. You keep some of them or you keep none of them. Think about that. Okay, so what are you going to do with Leviticus? You're not going to get a tattoo, but are you also not going to have a beard? Are you also not going to do, I mean, have a beard and do these things? Are you also not going to wear polyester? It's either all of them, some of them, or none of them. Why do, my answer is none of them. Now, why would I say none of them and still honor the law? Watch this. I don't have, my brother got free off none of them. Amen. Okay, now watch this. Watch this as I flow through. I don't, like I said, I don't have all the time in the world to get into this. We spend as professors hours teaching this stuff in Bible college, and there's great books to get on this. But I just want to help you see this. Whenever you read a verse in the Bible, you have to understand and draw out the understanding from that verse. This is called exegesis. Everybody say exegesis. When you exit the meaning out of the text... You don't eisegesis enter your own meaning into the text. You exit the meaning out of the text. Everybody say exegesis, not eisegesis. Now, those are hermeneutical principles, how we learn from the word of God. And this is very important to how we preach and teach hermeneutics and homiletics. Hermeneutics, how we interpret the Bible. Homiletics, how we preach the Bible. Am I giving right definitions? Amen. Now watch this. When you read that verse in the Bible, you've got to understand it's within a context. And I like to look at context as the circles of context. So here we read that verse in the Bible. Don't cut your body, don't get tattoos. That is a verse. That's the first circle. The next circle is the chapter. Read the whole chapter, not just the verse, read the chapter. Everybody say chapter. Then the next circle getting bigger is we want to read the whole book, read all of Leviticus. The next circle getting bigger is we want to read all the books written by that author. The next circle getting bigger is we want to read all the books in that covenant. And then for the last circle, the books in the new covenant. The old covenant can never be interpreted without the new covenant. We are not circumcised on the eight day sons of Abraham. We are Gentile believers who have been brought in by Jesus Christ. That's why there is a split between Malachi and Matthew. Now, once again, we're not doing away with the Old Testament. It's just when we read it in the verse, in the chapter, in the book, and who wrote Leviticus? Moses. What are the other books he wrote? Deuteronomy, Exodus. Are you guys with me? Genesis. And we read it all. Then before we take our belief, before we take our belief out of that little verse, that little verse, We journey through those circles. What does it mean in the chapter? What does it mean in the book? What does it mean in the other books that are written by that author? What does it mean in that covenant? And what does it mean after Jesus came? I think you should give your pastor a hand clap for trying to help you. Come on. That took a lot. That took a lot. Thank you. Okay, so what do we do? When we do that process with these laws, what do we find these laws to be? Jewish social laws. Jewish social laws. That's what we find them to be. And we find out that when Jesus comes, Jesus does not put Jewish social laws on Gentile believers. From the new covenant standpoint, the Jewish person can continue in them by choice, but not by legality. But the Gentile is not obligated to take on those things that Moses taught in social order. What do we take out of the Old Testament that will travel quite nicely from the verse to the chapter, to the book, to all the books of Moses, to the Old Testament through the life of Jesus? What things will we take? The morals not stealing, not lying, not murdering, but do we take the social laws? No. Now, would you like to see a Bible verse on that, or do you want to just take my? Uh, uh, you guys want to take my word out? Or you want to see a Bible verse? Okay, let's look at a Bible verse. Go to Galatians. Go to Galatians. Go to Galatians, which is an entire book written on the concept. Of New Testament Christians understanding how to apply the Old Testament laws now I have presented to you different categories of the Old Testament laws as my thesis as my idea let's see if that holds up in a book like Galatians go with me to Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 Paul is dealing with Jewish believers now who are watching non-Jewish people get saved, but they're not keeping the Jewish social laws. And those Jewish believers start getting really mad at them. They start becoming, pardon my language, pecker checkers. They start asking all the guys, hey, have you been circumcised? Let me check that's what they begin to do. Checking pecker, checkers. They start checking. Hey, have you been circumcised? And some dudes are like, no, man, I haven't been circumcised. They're like, pull out the knife. I'm a 30 year old dude. It doesn't matter. At that point, you're gonna be, whether you like to drink or not, you're gonna be drinking, right? If you had to get that done, you're like, where is the bourbon? Where help me, Jesus? Because does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Okay. You don't know what I'm talking about. Talk to your neighbor. Now, this, this circumcision is what the Jewish people would do with converts to their religion, and that was the sign of covenant. Like it is for baptism for us, circumcision was that way for them. So circumcision was an initiatory rite. So you want to be like a Jew? First thing you do, get circumcised. Now we know you're serious. After that, start doing everything else. Now watch Paul's response to what we call the Judaizers, to people preaching Jewish social laws to the New Testament Christians. Look how he handles them. He says, you awesome guys out there in Galatia, I really like you. Look at verse 1. Hey, guys, what's going on, buddies? Is that what he says? You foolish Galatians, is it okay if I use that word in this church if I ever have to? Okay. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Who put a spell on you? Who made your mind act this way? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Did you get born again, Galatians? Because you uh, let your hair grow out, had a beard, because you didn't do all these things? Is that how you got born again? Now I'm going to ask Metro Praise that question. Did you get born again because you got circumcised? Because you started doing all these Jewish social laws? Is that how the Spirit of God came into your life? No, how did you come to God the same way? By believing what you heard. Now good works come after that. Now watch. Are you so foolish after beginning with the means of the Spirit? You're now trying to finish with the flesh? Now keep on going down because I don't have time to read the whole passage. Look at verse 15. Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promise is spoken to Abraham and to his seed. uh, And to his seed, Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, But, and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. Somebody say, this is what he means. The law introduced 4 and 30 years later. This is the law of Moses that came after uh, Abraham 4 and 30 years later. Does not set aside the covenant previously established by God. Verse 18. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. Now keep going down. Verse 23. Before the coming of this faith we were held in custody under the, what the law locked up they won't let me out I'm locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed so the law was our what our guardian another word was our babysitter until what until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. Now, just keep on going down. Uh, Let's go to chapter uh, 5 to end with a good, just a good Paulism here, something that Paul really wants you to get a visual understanding of how serious he took this. Look at um, verse 2 of chapter 5. Mark my words, Paul says, chapter two verse, five, uh, 2, verse 5, 5, verse 2. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you. Hello, at all. Again, I declare, every man who lets himself be circumcised, he is obligated to obey the whole what? That kind of sounds like what I was saying before, doesn't it? So legalism... Does not work in the Jewish context but is there just raw liberalism just do whatever you want don't worry about that stuff in the Old Testament no you have to now follow the law of Christ what he mentions in this passage but in verse 12 he wants to give you a visual just in case you didn't understand it just in case you didn't get it okay now he says in verse 12 he says and for those agitators these are the people saying, you have to do these things to be right with God. I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. <laughs> you got you to gotta love Paul. <laughs> Does anybody know what emasculate means? People who don't know what big word the big word emasculate means, it's one of the worst words a man could ever hear in his life. It is the kind of word that brings grown men to tears. Okay, this is every man's worst nightmare. But that's the visual that Paul wants to give us. That if you want to go back to the Old Testament, digging out things to throw just randomly into the New Testament, hey, you better be ready to keep it all. And since you're not, you're just a hypocrite anyways because you know you don't keep it all. You might as well just emasculate yourself because you're doing nobody any good. That's what God says about legalism. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Amen. Okay. Now, let's go back to our notes, okay? Because before we just say, hey, let's tattoo our children. Let's tattoo everybody then. There's tattoos for everyone now, you know? Who cares? No. Um, let's, Let's understand what we have to do here when it comes to tattoos. Okay? When it comes to tattoos, we filter this through the last circle, which is the New Testament, in how we handle things that God has said we can do or not do based on our conscience. Are you with me? Look at the circles of context. Started with the verse. Started with a chapter. Went to the whole book, to what the author said in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all of that, then to the Old Testament. And what is that last circle that we have to pass through to have a belief? The New Testament. Now, what does it say up here, 1 Corinthians 10, 23? I have the right to do anything, not sinful moral things. I don't have the right to do sinful moral things. Does everybody understand what a moral thing is? Does everybody understand what a social custom is? Let me give you one quick example. We drive on what side of the road here in America? What side do they drive on in Europe and England? Left side. If you go over there driving on the right side, what's going to happen? You're going to get a ticket, you're going to get in in trouble. Is that a law of God to drive on the right side? Is it the law of God to drive on the left side? No, they're social customs, right? In the Jewish context, you followed these things. That's what God set up. Are you in a Jewish setting? No, you are in the new covenant. So this is something you can decide to do. But here's the thing, before you just run off and go, I'm just going to do anything, ask the question, is it beneficial? Is it beneficial? Just ask yourself that question. I can't answer that for you. Is getting a tattoo beneficial? How do you uh, discern if things are beneficial or not? That's a good question, right? And by the way, keep asking questions on my Facebook post because I'm going to get to it at the end of the message if I missed anything, okay, on the Metro Praise International Facebook post. Here's how the Bible, I believe, teaches us to discern if something is beneficial. We pray. We seek the Word of God. We go to those who are under authority for, you know, uh, if, if kids live with their parents, we seek their, their permission or to do things, check with, their, with them. If we're on our job, our, our society, okay, pray, read the Bible, check with authority. Number four, check with the community of believers you're a part of, your church, okay? So tattoos, number one, have I prayed and talked to God about it? Number two, have I read the word and anything there give me inspiration? Well, maybe you, you read the book of Revelation, and it said Jesus had tattooed on his thigh King of kings and Lord of lords. And it really does. That's what it says. It's on, it's on his side. It's written on his side. And so that might have spoke to you. Okay. Number three, is it against the law, for the law? How does the law authority say about it? If you're a teenager, what do your parents say? Well, you can't get one until you're 18, according to the law. So if you're, uh, parents, you're 18 living at home, what do your parents now say, right? And then... If you're a pastor, if I'm a part of denomination, what does the denomination say? Check with authority. And then lastly, the body of believers. So would it be beneficial for me to get an I love Jesus tattoo on my forehead? Now it's true. I do love Jesus. I could do it. I'm under authority. No denomination says I can't. We're not a denomination our board here locally. doesn't say I can't do it. But is it beneficial? See, I don't think it is. But if I get a little I'm my beloved, it's a little Hebrew thing there. Hey, that might be different. But you gotta make that decision. Now, once again, let's just pause here before we move to the rest, because we're gonna zip through the rest. Okay, once we get this concept of interpreting the Bible and applying it, you now have the master key to unlock the whole Bible. How many of you are glad we took a little bit of time to understand that key of interpretation? Amen. So now you can unlock the key to the whole Bible. You understand the scriptures properly okay just think about this before we move on if someone now says pastor i think you're compromising i don't like what you're saying you're telling people they can get tattoos you didn't did you not just read what it said in the scriptures it said don't get a tattoo now if i try to reason with them from that verse to the chapter and they don't get it because some people don't. They're a little bit hard to understand. How many people know some dense people in their life? you don't get it the first time. You got to say it a second time and a third time. And sometimes you just got to stop saying it. So be like, I'm done. By the way, that was the best thing my mom could ever do to me as a young person when I kept smarting off, was just stop talking to me and ignore me. Okay? Let me help all the parents here with sassy children. Just ignore them after a while. They'll stop talking, trust me. I've had to learn the hard way. But now go up to that passage, First Corinthians And look at verse 24. Look at what it says. No one should seek their own good but the good of others. So, hey, I'm going to try to do what's best for both of us here, depending upon our relationship. So that guy who says, oh, you shouldn't get that tattoo, my thing's going to be, how does that harm you? How does that affect you? Well, if you get a tattoo, it reminds me of Satanism. It makes me want to go out and worship the devil. Okay, so me getting a tattoo of, in Hebrew, I'm my beloved's and my beloved's is mine, that makes you want to go worship the Lord of the flies, Beelzebub? Let's just talk about that. Let's talk about your faith here for a minute. Let's ground you. But now look at verse 29. Or rather, verse, uh, yeah, verse 29. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? So the mentality is, hey, if your conscience is grieved by something I'm doing, even though I'm not intentionally doing it to hurt you, you probably should grow up a little bit. You should probably put on your big boy pants, right? You know, some people are like, don't drink around me. I just think it's a sin. Okay, but let's just say if the worst possible thing happened, I just happened to have a Michelob in front of you. What is that going to make you do? It's going to make me want to go get drunk and beat my wife at home. Okay, if, if me having a Michelob makes you want to go beat your wife at home in a drunken stupor, the Michelob is not the problem, dude. I, I won't drink around you. I get it. I'm not going to do it. We'll, we'll have fun. We'll have a Mountain Dew party, right? We'll just hang But But if you're so easily influenced, I've got to help you grow up. Now, where's the example of this in Romans 14? Uh, people got upset that the Christians were eating non-kosher food, okay? Jewish people do not eat pork. They were commanded not to eat pork. How many of that would be a sad day for you? That would be probably even worse than the circumcision. No, lechon. No lechon. I'm sorry. Sorry, I tries. I tries. I tried to connect with my gente. I tries. And even my Filipino gente, too, right? So it's like no pork for me in New Orleans, no crawfish, no shrimp. And they were getting all upset about it. And Paul was like, okay, I won't do it for your sake. But here's the point of Romans 14 freedom. So what ended up winning out in the church? Did the Christians all become. Non-pork eaters, non-crawfish eaters, no. Eventually, everybody became pork eaters, or at least cool with it. So the idea is here, even if we're going to guard your precious little conscience, the point is, you need to grow up so your conscience doesn't get offended so easily. Because if it's not against the law of God, it's just two consciences that are deciding what's best for them. So don't make a World War III out of it, because it only shows your immaturity. Okay, amen? So you decide whether or not you're going to get a tattoo. Number one, pray, read your Bible, follow the laws, and do what's best for the church and the community you belong in. Number two, piercings. Now, this one will blow your mind, by the way. Ezekiel 16, turn there with me quickly. Ezekiel 16, Ezekiel 16, 11 through 12. Now, we already heard what the Bible said about tattoos. What's your guess with, with piercings? If you think the Bible's going to say, don't do it, it's, it's satanic, raise your hand. Don't get piercings because it's bad. If you think the Bible's going to be like, yeah, piercings are cool, raise your hand. Okay. Um, this was kind of like an either or. <laughs> because it does say something about piercings. So let's try this survey again. If you think the Bible's going to say, don't get piercings in the Old Testament, it's really bad, raise your hands. Okay. If you think the Bible is going to be like, piercings are cool, get, get them. Raise your hand. Okay, let's see what it says. Exodus, Ezekiel, rather, 16, 11 through 12. This is God speaking about the nation of Israel as his beautiful wife. Guess what God says figuratively he did for his beautiful wife? I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck and a ring on your nose. You mean nose rings don't just come from India? They go back to the Bible times? Yeah. Yeah. When Jesus pictures us, first of all, guys, when Jesus pictures us, he pictures us as a bride, okay? So I am getting married again, this time to a man. My second marriage will be to the man, Jesus Christ. How many men ready to get married to Jesus? Praise God in a sexual union, Amen. It ain't going down that way, but it is a union. But guess what? When Jesus thinks of us as his bride, he doesn't think of big eyelashes, hairspray in there. No, he thinks of jewelry, bracelets, and a nose ring. So any ladies like nose rings? Well, God thinks it's beautiful. Well, that's, I'm serious. That's his taste. Every, every Person has a taste. In the Old Testament, this is God. This is the inspired word. It's okay to laugh, but take it serious too, right? The inspired word of God says when he sees us, this is how he defines beauty. Adorns you with jewelry, bracelets on your arm, a necklace around your neck, and a ring in your nose, earrings on your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So anytime you guys are seeing those pictures of the bride of Christ coming and she looks beautiful dressed in white and all that, bing, put a nose ring on her because that's how Jesus sees it. So let's keep going. Exodus twenty-one five through six. But if the servant declares, "I love my master and my wife and children and don't want to go free," then let his then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door of the post or the post and pierce his ear with an awl, which is like a wooden anvil, and then uh, like a wooden spike with an anvil. Then he will be a servant for life. How many are bond servants of Jesus right now? The Bible says we have willingly chose to be his servant. In the Old Testament, servanthood was more like an occupation. And so you could pay off your debts. Like, like today we have bankruptcy, but back then if you were in debt, you would have to go work for the person you, you own that debt to. So after you paid them off, if you really liked the job and you're like, man, I like it around here, for them to show you that you're a permanent employee, it wasn't a name tag, it wasn't a new kind of uniform, they would take you, pierce your ear, and put a big hole in it and then sometimes put a piece of wood or jewelry to leave that hole open. So sometimes we look at these guys with holes in their ears and we go, Satanic, Satanic! He's got tattoos and he's got his ears pierced. And Jesus is like, Beautiful, beautiful. Isn't that weird how culture changes and we don't even know it? We think we're so religious. Sometimes we're just foolish. We're just so foolish sometimes. We think a guy without a beard is clean cut. Jesus says a guy with a beard is clean cut. We think a guy with short hair is clean cut. The Bible says a guy with long hair is clean cut. Come on. We think nose earrings on girls is just going too far. And Jesus says that's how I picture my bride. We think a person getting their ears pierced means they're serving the devil. Look at them serving the devil. You don't serve the devil, do you, Salvador? Would you come up here? This is almost identical to what that piercing would be. This is a mighty conquistador for the Lord. Amen. But I don't want to do that. Then don't. Go, you know, not not, not literally, but figuratively, go back to the part of 1 Corinthians. You're right. Not everything is beneficial for you. I took out my earrings when I got saved, and no one ever told me to, but God told me to. Why? Because it wasn't beneficial for me. It wasn't constructive for me. I had two silver hoops, by the way, if you want to know, like a little pirate. And, uh, and Jesus said to me, take them out. And I talked to the Lord about this, and I asked him why. He said, because that represents your old man. This look of the earrings with the hat down low and the goatee, and I was an angry young man, God was saying to me, that represents your old look. But that doesn't have anything to do with Salvador. You understand? Some of you might have got tattoos to be rebellious from your parents. That has nothing to do with somebody who wants to get a scripture. Now, at this point, somebody may go, but pastor, what about the Bible saying in the New Testament? So we're taking these things out. What about the Bible saying your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? I thought temples had decorations. You ever been to a temple without decorations and colors? Some of y'all ain't buying that argument. Turn there with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Pastor, what about our bodies being a temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, of course, growing up in the South, I got to see this perfectly. The red-faced, polyester, short hair, clean-shaven preacher is telling us we're all going to hell for tattoos and piercings. And he's telling us we can't do those things because our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes out and has a Big Mac with large fries, super Coke, what about that temple? And then what does he say? I'm just making expansions and additions. God's temple needs extra room. It's funny how we justify the little things in our life that we don't see in other people's lives. We'll, we'll, we'll see it in somebody else's life. No excuse is satisfactory. Oh, but in my life, all these excuses are satisfactory, right? The biggest lies we tell, ourself, uh, the, biggest lies we, we tell the loudest and most often are the lies we tell ourselves. Here's the scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. How many have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them today? That means when you became a Christian, Jesus came to live in you. So how are we to take that? Once again, verse, chapter. Who wrote that book? Paul. Read the other letters of Paul. Then read the New Testament, right? Then we got our doctrine. Are you with me? What does he say in verses prior to that? Look at verse 16. Does this have to do with tattoos? Does this have to do with piercing? Does this have to do with diet and what we eat? Oh, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Look at this McDonald's hamburger under the microscope. Look at this chicken McNug. Look how nasty it is. You can't eat it. I mean, that's how some people get crazy. Whatever is in that, you, how many of you have ever seen, first of all, the microscope pictures of McDonald's hamburgers and chicken nuggets? Okay, the four or five of you have seen them. Whatever that is is why I like it so much, okay? So I don't know what you're trying to do on Facebook other than just get me hungry for some McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's is so gross. McDonald's is this. Just give me your McDonald's happy meal then. That's okay. You can eat kale and whatever else you eat. Go on with yourself, I'm going to eat that happy meal. I'm going to enjoy it, okay? But it doesn't have to do with anything. Look at what it says, verse 16 to the verse 19, the 16 to the 19. Look at this. Here it goes. Don't you know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her body? Oh, we're not talking about diet, tattoos, piercings? Oh, Paul, you're talking about sex with prostitutes? That's why you said my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit? Oh, that makes sense. For it said "The two will become one flesh. That's a sexual uh, connotation there, coming together in marriage, two becoming one. Verse 17, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from tattoos. Flee from earrings. Flee from whatever else I think is wrong for somebody else to do. Flee from sexual immorality. And all other, sins, all other sins a person commits outside of their body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their body. That was verse 18. So verse 19, who, which says, Don't you know your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit is telling you don't have sex with prostitutes. Don't be sexually immoral. How many just learned something? Amen. Look at number four on the notes then. Bottom line. For Old Testament laws to be valid for the Christian, they must either be conformed or repeated in the New Testament. You can see this in Jeremiah 31, 31-34. Galatians 3, 24-26. We read some of that. In Hebrews 8, 13. For more info, watch our past sermon on Jewish laws and just understand that these are the ways we as Christians interpret the Bible. Now, does anybody have any questions? If you do, Send them to Facebook right now uh, let 's get Rachel to come up quickly because I want to try to end this um, in a good good, fast, clear way. Music, How many like music? isn 't music the most universal language of the whole world right? everybody likes music it 's just what kind they like. The Bible teaches that music can be used for celebration, worship, war, mourning, romance, or even idolatry here's the bottom line when you listen to music don't do it for the wrong reasons do it for the right reasons choose your content of music just like you would choose your content in a conversation or a friend would you want a friend cursing at you talking dirty to you then don't choose that in your music now i grew up in a time when the denomination that i was a part of said you couldn't even dance in their churches so all the latinos here that love to go and dance and do the merengue and bochata and all of this other stuff is it i say bochata is it right Bachata. Oh bochata is what we drink. That's right. Bochata. I love bochata. Bachata bochata. Oh oh chata. <laughs> Pardon me the gringo. The gringo did it again. I tries. I tried so hard. Oh chata is the drink. But is how you get down. And what is the name of this one? Bum, 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 bum. That's whatever I made up. Don't you act like y'all don't know that. You better help me, Adam. The bump, 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 Somebody say it. Banda. Let's give it up for my man, help me out. Some of y'all leaving me hanging. I was watching public access TV, and they would have these girls on the stage with the band. (laughs) The whole entire, you all know what I'm talking about. Please don't pretend Latino people, you don't know what I'm talking about. Come on, Ishmael, help me out there, my mexicano hermano. Profit for, gracias. Look at Philippians 4, 8, it's right there. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Listen to such things. Watch such things. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to to God the Father through him. So are we just lawless now because we're not following Jewish legalism? No, we're following the law of Christ. We're not liberals. We're not legalists. We're lovers of the law of Jesus. I make sure that I'm guarding my heart by what I listen to. Idolatry in the Bible led to people getting naked and doing disgusting things. Do you hear about music in our day leading people to nudity and sexual perversion? It happened back then. Stay away from that. People who were on the wrong side of the battle used music to pump themselves up to kill good people. Don't listen to music that makes you want to kill good people. Right? But if we're going to war, I'm not singing a worship song on my way on the chopper to Afghanistan, right? I will pick a song that motivates me to help destroy the evil of the world, right? And there's some powerful songs in the Bible that talk about that. David's not always just prancing with his enemies in a field of of, uh, yellow lilies, right? What did he do with the Goliath? He chopped his head off. Boom. Okay? That's what's up. TV, movies, internet, all of this stuff. What does the Bible say? Your eyes, everybody say my eyes, are connected to my heart, and I'm to guard them. Come on, say it again. My eyes are connected to my heart, and I'm to guard them. Look at Psalms 119.37. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Perver- preserve my life according to your word. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do comes from it. Watch what you watch. Where do I think are some good boundaries? Nudity should be a no-no. Because that's a very quick and easy thing to get you to do stuff you shouldn't do. It will affect your heart. text violence. No-no. Horror movies that are just over-the-top blood and gore. No-no. Now there might be a rub right here. Walking Dead. Which side of the line is it on? That's for you to decide. See, I want to set the boundaries, but you guys figure out what's good for you, okay? I think there are things that are obvious for all of us, but then the rest of us, uh, things that are obvious for all of us, and each one of us needs to walk it out in our own conscience before God, okay? Pray, read your Bible, check with authority and the group that you live with, the community, your family, your church. In closing today, here's the bottom line about music and movies and all of this stuff. If you can't watch it or listen to it, being mindful of Jesus and his commands, cut it out. So for everything else, be free to enjoy it in the presence of God. Tattoos, piercings mentioned in the Bible. One was mentioned bad, one was mentioned good. New Testament says nothing about it, so it's up to you to make that choice. TV, movies, music, entertainment, not mentioned at all in the Bible, but the concept of your eyes to your heart and your ears to your heart as well, mentioned to guard. Follow the things that the Bible says are basics and let him lead you into maturity for the rest. It's a basic thing that you should not be looking at pornography. Grotesque violence. Now you may say, well, I like war movies. I like Saving Private Ryan, Braveheart, uh, Gladiator. That's between you and God. Some people don't want to go beyond Disney. Then there's weirdy people who think Disney's satanic. Pray for them, amen? They put out YouTube videos saying Disney is satanic. Well, oh, Anyways, um, let's look at the closing scripture. I guess you haven't seen that video on how Disney is satanic. Stand up with me, please, if you would. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise, amen? Now, You're not clapping for me. Come on, we're giving Jesus a hand clap. Let's praise him. Father, we love you. amen altar workers would you come please let's get ready to close out in the joy of the Lord the last scripture here is Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 it is for freedom that Christ has set us free stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery we shouldn't be slaves to either lawlessness or legalism but rather live spirit-led lives in total freedom. Today we want to close out asking if we can pray for you. The first thing is if you don't know Jesus and you didn't ask him into your heart at the beginning of the service, we want to give you another chance to do that. Any one of our prayer workers will love to pray with you and teach you how to commit your life to God. If you're going through a hardship in your life, you're, you're facing family troubles, finances, sickness, discouragement, we want to pray for you. And then specifically for today's message, thank you, brother. For today's message, if you have been falling into one of those wrong categories and want to experience the love of God, let us pray for you, please. If you've come from a really legalistic background and you're saying, man, I just want to be free to serve God, know the black and white issues, but make the decisions of the gray issues between me and him, and I don't need someone else to get involved, right? How many want to be able to do that? But some of you might have come from a church where it wasn't just black and white. Everything in the middle was sin and it was hard for you to really be consistent with it. Can I give you a quick story in closing? One of our sisters went to go help a church that comes from India. They're in America, but they have the Indian culture where in their culture, all jewelry is considered idolatry. So they wouldn't like the picture of the the Jewish woman bride. They wouldn't like that. So they even told our leaders when they came to volunteer, you have to even take off your wedding ring because it will offend Some of the older generation. Well, guess what happened when our people began to come there and minister? Some of the people pulled our people aside and go, we really like our church, but we don't understand all their rules. And I've read some places in the Bible that even contradict what they're telling us. They think no jewelry is a good thing, but in the Bible there's places where jewelry is given to the bride. you know. And literally our sister said to them, Serve God here at peace as you can, but begin to express your heart to your leaders that you want the freedom to decide on those things. See, maybe for that older generation that was leaving Hindu paganism, maybe every time they saw a ring or a jewelry, it reminded them of the Hindu priest who is garnished with jewelry to show much how, how awesome he is. So in America, we look at pastors that have money. We're like, those guys are dumb. In India, the priests are garnished with gold and literally like uh, Indiana Jones-type temples. They found one in India in a poor, poor village that had over a billion Billion b billion dollars worth of gold in that temple, literally. But maybe that Christian man who came from that village, when he sees all that gold, he goes, "Satanas, Satan, get away from me!" And now he tries to put that on his kids. He tries to put that on our our people. He needs to relax, right? How many want to be able to find that out between you and God? And then lastly, can we pray for you if you came from that background? And then lastly, if you've come from this background where it's like, Jesus loves me. I'm a king's kid. I'm a king's kid. Whatever I do, he loves me. Number one, you have never been to a king's house before. There's a whole lot of rules in the kingdom. You haven't been to a pastor's house before. I love my kids, but there's rules. Don't just think that uh, rules mean God doesn't love you. Well, if he loved me, he would let me have sex with the person I'm not married to. Then, If that's the way he's going to be, I'm not going to come to church anymore. See, that's a lawless, spoiled brat attitude, isn't it? But isn't that the way our culture acts? Well, I was born this way, and God can't tell me who to love. I know in my heart who I'm going to and they get so passionate. Well, if you were born that way, get born again. Fall in love with the law of God. Let Him teach you that it's a righteous path. It's a good path. It's a path of wholeness and completeness. Amen? Let's pray. Father. I thank you today for the attention of your people. I thank you that they heard your word and they put it in their heart and now they're going to apply it. I just ask Lord in closing that whoever needs prayer would come forward to receive it and for the rest of us that we would live it out, go back and study and search these issues that are bigger than just tattoos and piercings and music. The real issue is freedom in Christ and what does that mean to us as Christians individually. I pray that this will spark more conversations and discussions and uh, Lord I just ask that we'll all grow in the knowledge of this can everybody say amen grab me my facebook here real quick because i got to read these questions off i'm so sorry for going a little late but i'm going to read them off real quick wherever that thing went do i have a phone on me let's see if i can answer them here real quick hey uh, by the way if i'm going a little long uh, i'm good with this thank you sir just pretend you're at a movie that goes three hours that's the face i look when i say something like that oh church went two hours today just pretend you're at a baseball game okay just pretend you're watching the Cubs lose again just pretend not even going to talk about the Bears we're praying for them, help them Lord okay here we go here we go because we love church and people wanted to ask questions and I promised I would answer them, amen and of course I got a lot of them here they are Number one, I understand that everything comes down to our conscience and glorifying God. Uh, you have no problem with video games, violence, these things, um, I, if it will not cause you to sin. Okay, are, and you have no problem. Okay, so the person's asking a question, what do you think about video games? Is it just about your conscience when it comes to that, even though they're violent? Or is it okay for my children to play them? Video games is a good question, right? I think there's, a, I think there's a, a gray line that gets really close to both sides there. Okay, so a video game I like to play is Call of Duty and Halo. There is definitive lines between bad guys and good guys, and I don't think the, the, the violence is over the top. Because, by the way, we don't want to raise our men to be young uh, little ninnies, right? It's okay to teach them how to fight. Take karate, right? Fight the bad guy, not the good guy. I believe in that kind of stuff. Well, Pastor Jesus said turn the other cheek. Yes, but he didn't say what to do after the other cheek in the octagon. Amen? He didn't say what you do there anyways. That's okay. Pacifism gets us all killed. That's the bottom line, okay? Well, I'm going to be a pacifist. You can only be a pacifist in a free nation, okay, that have fought for your right. So I would say video games, violence, same thing. Uh, when we used to play Halo in the church, and by the way, your church was started by a Halo game. I was playing Halo in my house. People wanted to start a Bible study. Ten years later, and you're here, surprised. That's how it started, whether you like that or not. Anyways, uh, some of you like Halo. Okay, so here's the bottom line. Parents, you're number three. Prayer, Bible, your authority. You decide. So when I used to play Halo in church, some parents were like, I don't like it. I'm like, okay, can you get over it, though? Can I still do it for the other kids that like it? Yeah, I'll I'll still let my kid come here. Okay. If they would have said no, then I would have shut it down just for that one family. I would have. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not gonna make that kid not come to church because his mom doesn't like Halo. Because like for him coming to church and playing Halo it was like his birthday party every day. You know what I'm saying? I get to play Halo on the big screen, so awesome. You know? So I talked to the parents. Okay, but by the way, if that's if you're like I hate those games, then don't have them in your house. Have Mario Kart on the Wii, okay? So I hope I answered that question. Is it wrong to get a tattoo or a piercing at a young age? Uh, number three, the law. you got to follow the law. In our, in our culture, there's laws for tattoos and piercings. Uh, somewhere out in uh, Indo- not Indonesia, where are our friends from in California, that they, uh, they always do those dance. Uh, Samoa. Samoa, they're like tattooing the warriors at 13, okay? Well, Once again, if it's not pagan for a pagan deity, it's just part of their tradition. You get your hair cut, they get the tattoo. Uh, so just follow the law. Is it wrong to watch scary movies? My whole thing is scary movies are cool as long as there's just not buckets and buckets of blood and guts. I just think that's a line. I do. I'm going to say it. I think that's a line, okay? Um, I just got to draw that line there. But, okay, that's why I'll stop on that. So when you get a tattoo, does that mean you're living? So when you get or have tattoos, does that mean you're living under sin? Should you repent? Did you listen to the message, my friend? <laughs> Did you hear the preaching? If you have a tattoo, is it a sin, Deacon Joselito? No. All right, let's give it up for Deacon Joselito. Let's get the band to come back. How many people learned something? Amen. Amen. How many are glad your pastor talked about it? Right? What about hats in church? That's another one, right? What did it ever say you couldn't wear a hat in church, right? Corinthians says, a man, can't cover his head. It's a shame. That was their culture back then. In our culture, it's not a shame. So you can wear a hat in church. Gentlemen, take off your hat as if you were going to pray or you're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Show that honor. Do that. Can you do that? Take it off like this. There you go. There you go. There you go. Does that make you feel better? See that? Hold on, hold on. Just do it again. See? Now, some of you, that was a big deal. Hat, no hat. Did is Jesus here now? And then we put on the hat. Go put on the hat. The Holy Ghost left. There he went. <laughs> Shame on you. No, because the Bible doesn't say anything about hats, does it? Okay. Praise God. Let's just hold hands. Look at our neighbors. Look at them smile. And just say, I'm going to pray for you to love Jesus even more. Okay, let's have someone awesome pray. Vinny, the man with the awesome guitar, would you come up here? Can I have you pray? We're just going to bless everybody. And if you need prayer, would you join us for the after party up here?
1: Thank you for the wisdom, Lord God, Father. Father, what we learned today, Lord, may we apply it, Lord God, and may we uh, check, Lord God, to see if things are beneficial that we're doing, Lord God. May we take these things serious, Lord God, and may we, we not be on either side of the coin, Lord God. May we not think we can do whatever we want, and may we not just be so strict with things either. To scare anyone off, Lord God. May people see that we use our, our minds, Lord God, and we have balance in our lives, Lord God, in every aspect, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Bless uh, our decisions, Lord God, and bless what we do, Lord God. And may you speak to our hearts, Lord God, in everything we do. And may it be for nothing more than your glory. Amen.
4: Amen. One more time. Bless him. Slap your neighbor high five and say, be free to follow Jesus. Amen. If you need prayer, would you come as we rock out today? You are dismissed. God bless you. If you have more questions, I'll be hanging around the back today. But if you need prayer for anything, come on up. Let's pray for you. Band, take us there. This is the after party. Come on. Amen.
5: Jesus, we love you today.